Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bueri, and as always, I'm with the author of the Arkstorm scenario, California's other big one, Dr. Lucy Jones. Each episode, we thank our supporters who help underwrite the work of Lucy's nonprofit Center for Science and Society. Please consider sponsoring this podcast for as little as $5 per month. It's simple. Just go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search Dr. Lucy Jones. There you can sign up as a supporter and be a part of the Lucy Jones Center. Now let's get to it. July 2021 has seen some incredible news around the impacts of flooding. From earlier this month, viral videos of flooded New York subway stations resulting from a stalled thunderstorm to extreme and deadly flooding in Europe from just two days of rainfall. These are all shocking images and tragic losses. For those studying climate change, though, it wasn't a surprise. I first heard about climate change in a meeting about natural disasters. And the first level impact of climate change is that we would be seeing more extreme events. Just the real basics of it. Climate change is about us heating up the atmosphere. Heat is energy. That means warmer air has more energy. That's why our hurricanes are in the summer. But also, once you put more energy in there, you have more energy to drive the storms. You're going to have stronger winds, but you also can pick up more rain. Extreme events are to be expected, and we're seeing it now. It seems like people are surprised when it rains a lot and it overwhelms the flood controls, though. It's sort of an interesting phenomenon in society. Floods used to be the big risk that people faced that would wipe out their farms, that could wipe out their homes. Go look at the Bible. The big disaster is not an earthquake. It's a flood. <laughs> but in the 19th and 20th century, we started developing engineering approaches. You know, we built dams to protect people. My dad growing up in China in the early 20th century looked at this and became a fluid engineer because he was going to go and build the Yangtze Dam and save people. And we have saved a lot of people with our dams and flood controls. But we've also engineered away the moderate flood events without getting rid of the potential for extreme flood events. Because however big you build a dam, there's some flood bigger than that dam can handle. So what we did is we removed the intermediate ones, but left the big ones still in our future. Since we've eliminated the more regular, moderate impacts with flood control, explain why we react so poorly to large weather events. Well, there's two factors that go on. One is directly at the elimination of the moderate events. We've lost the reminders. We can look and see people can deal with disasters that they have a personal connection to. So if you experienced it, you definitely take it into consideration. If your parents or your grandparents told you stories, if you have first order stories, you still respond to it. But once it gets farther back than that, we forget. We have a normalization bias to think about the more current things. And when the moderate ones are gone, that means we have to look at the events that only happen every 100, 200, 300 years, and those no longer have a personal memory. But also, just in general, who's afraid of the rain? When we look at all those emotional issues, actually, it was back in episode three, we talked about why you feel what you do about disasters. And if you can see it coming, and if it's been predicted, it just isn't so awful. 
And so even though floods even now do as much damage as earthquakes, we are clearly more afraid of the earthquakes and think the rain's okay. This speaks to how we've done things for the last hundred plus years, right? We've prepared for what we've experienced, like you just said. We base our future on a past that isn't really indicative of our new future. When we look at flood planning, because in fact we do plan for floods, we do it on the basis that what we could get is what we have gotten. We've all heard of the hundred year flood. That's not the event that happens once every hundred years. That's the event that has a 1% chance, a one in a hundred chance of happening in any given year. And that's based on the historic record. And all of that planning, all of your floodplain data and all of your insurance rates are based on this historic record. And we call this stationarity, that the system is stationary and we can use the past to predict the future. The problem is, is what was a hundred year flood or a 500 year flood, and nobody builds a dam for more than a 500 year flood, let me tell you, maybe that's now a one in 50 year flood because the rate of the extreme events has gone up. You know, when the, the hydrologists talk about this, they based so much on stationarity and now they don't have it. Stationarity is dead and they're really struggling with figuring out how to go forward. What's unsettling to me is that increased flooding isn't a surprise if you follow climate impact predictions. There are some amazing meteorological models out of universities and government agencies that help everyone understand what might happen. One of the problems here is the complexity of modeling flooding that requires multiple expertise. A meteorologist can predict what the rain will be. The climate scientists will look at the rate at which extreme events are changing. But that's not enough. You then need hydrogeologists to predict where the water will go. And that's controlled by huge variables. What's the flow channel? What's the details of the topography? How much is going to get absorbed into the ground? What's the permeability of the rocks that you're going over? And then what time frame is this all happening over? And that's why we've tended to use history to predict where it will go, because at least we can look and say, okay, that's where the water went. So whatever the details were, that's where it is. But without that history, having to predict from first principles of water behavior just gets so much more difficult. Well, at least in the moment, we do get at least a few days notice of what might happen, right? Weather forecasts are amazingly accurate, and they have become much more accurate over time. But we need to use them. One of the places where we've put these two expertise together is the National Weather Service and the U.S. Geological Survey have partnered on predicting flash flood debris flow events that come after big fires. So you take the expertise from the geologists and the Weather Service says this is where the rain is going to be. It's over where the geologists said it was dangerous. We issue a warning. Now you've got to get it used. And one of the problems I think that we've got is how to really interface that science with the emergency response community. So instead of being able to go afterwards, hey, we told you it was gonna be there, we have developed a process where it actually gets used because everywhere needs to be planning for larger storms than they've had in the past. Well, I think that's the note we can close on today, that everywhere is gonna have larger storms than we've experienced in the past, and we should all be ready for what might be next. Until next time, I'm John Bwery, with Dr. Lucy Jones and you getting through it. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. 
visit us online to get past shows, and become a sponsor at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee, and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones. <laughs>